When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're still rolling on the Loki train, y'all. We got to break down episode two of season two and talk about all of the stuff, all of the questions that we got, because, Lord, we have a lot of questions, okay? And I got some theories. I don't care what nobody say. Everything is planned, okay? Kang is running the girl. He running circles around the girls, okay? And they mad about it. So is Ravana, and so is Miss Minutes, old raggedy ass. But we'll talk about that later, okay? Y'all just enjoy the episode. I also talk about episode four of Gen V. And if you're listening to this the day it comes out, episode five of Gen V just came out. So go watch that too. I'm loving Gen V. I want to know if y'all want me to talk about that even more in depth. Because I don't mind. I just had to do it at a different part of the week. And then I'll combine it with the Loki episode and, you know, the be it is what it is okay before y'all jump into this episode drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if you're on spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review you know i love those it's your new episode of reality in comics 2 let's do it that's right you're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the Marvel Cinematic Universe or HBO's White Lotus or Euphoria. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Y'all, okay, let me tell you, let me tell you now, y'all know normally the Disney Plus shows come out, it'd be like, you know, two o'clock my time in the morning, it'd be midnight on the West Coast, you know, so I when I wake up in the morning, I would watch, you know, do my cursory watch where I just enjoy it as a fan, and then later on, like when I get off work or on my lunch break or something like that, I'll do my notes so that I can record later on at night. Listen. These eight o'clock, nine o'clock drop times on Disney Plus now, while I do love it because we all watching it at the same time, they killing me when it comes to these recordings. Y'all know I try to get y'all the episodes immediately, but Lord Jesus, Lord, it'd be a lot, okay? It'd be a lot. So just bear with me. Sometimes y'all go get them right at my normal drop time. I normally drop them at uh, midnight on the West Coast so that everybody gets them at the same time sometimes y'all gonna get these Friday afternoons, okay? It's, it's a couple hour difference, but you go get them. Just know, because, look, the way these weeks be beating me up, I fell asleep, okay? I was on the couch finishing off my notes, and I fell asleep, okay? I was mid-conversation with Kay of Bravo, We're Black, and I fell asleep, okay? I was asleep. But regardless, my notes are done, and we can talk about the episode, Okay. Okay, before we jump into the actual episode, we're going to jump into the episode. <laughs> that don't make no sense, but I'm going to give y'all a little backstory about one of the characters that we meet in this episode. So, you know, last week we were talking about X5 and where he came from and all this kind of stuff. Well, now we know that his real identity on the sacred timeline, he's Brad Wolf, okay? 
Brad Wolf. Let's talk about Brad Wolf. Okay. Well, first of all, X5, he found Sylvie like he was supposed to, but then he went on instead of like arresting her and like bringing her back, all this kind of stuff. He went on to live out his life on the sacred timeline as Brad Wolf, who he's a variant of. Apparently y'all know everybody works in the TVA. They're a variant. So Brad Wolf was an actor in the comics who was supposed to be in a movie called Zaniac, just like in this episode. So it's, it's pretty close, pretty accurate. He ends up like getting in some kind of accident that gives him superhuman strength and the ability to throw energy knives. Random ability, I know, but hey, if Gambit can do it, why not him? Uh, he randomly, he's a, he's a Thor villain, which is kind of strange too, but hey, Thor encounters anybody he can encounter and then he kind of beat their ass. So it is what it is. He thinks that he's actually living out the movie Zaniac because of this accident that he had. So he goes to like kidnap and kill a random woman. But of course, Thor stops him. So then he just goes to a house for like, I think it's a house for like battered women or some kind of like women's shelter that he goes to. And he about to wreak havoc on there. But then of course, Thor stopped him too with that big old hammer. You know that big old hammer. So he stopped him with that big old hammer. He goes to jail. He's broken out by another villain who's like, okay, I'm going to just break you out, but then I want you to kill Jane Foster, a.k.a. Thor's girlfriend, a.k.a. Natalie Portman, a.k.a. Lady Thor, okay? Just know that none of that works out, and he winds up dead, and Thor and some other folks from the TVA end up going back in time to stop him, okay? They stop whoever ended up trying to kill uh, Jane Foster. So, you know, it, it's, it, it makes sense that this character would actually appear here since it is one of the, the TVA references we have from comics. So, I'm not mad about it, okay? Come on, Brad Wolf. You better eat him up, I guess, whatever, okay? Okay. In London in 1977 on the Sacred Timeline, not one of the branch timelines that's out there like Sylvie's living on, Mobius and Loki are looking for Sylvie. They're looking for her everywhere, high and low. They're at the movie premiere for Zaniac, and Hunter X5, known as Brad Wolf on this timeline, is the star of the movie and is answering questions from the paps, the paparazzi, okay? Y'all heard Lady Gaga. And Mobius pops up on his own and tries to, you know, he tries to basically make a run for it, but Loki is right behind him. He says, you know what, okay, we'll, we'll catch up because, I, you know, it's been a lot of tea. I got to give y'all a lot of good things, okay? I'm going to give y'all the things, but then I'm going to get us some whiskeys first so we can actually talk about it. Of course, he ends up taking off running, and Mobius and Loki take off in different directions. When he makes it to the alley, Hunter B-15 is already there looking like Ruby from Lovecraft Country. I know that's right. And snatches up his souped-up temp pad. He continues running, and then Mobius is, of course, running after him. They end up arguing because he catches up with them, but then Loki blasts them with his little bitty green energy, and then, of course, another chase ensues until Loki corners him, but then X5 has that little teleporting thingy. It's the same thing that they used, like, in season one a whole lot. Like, every time Loki tried to take off Hunter B-15 with whoop, and then he'd be right back there. Or when he tried to attack Mobius when he was, uh, like, running down his history, all of a sudden he just whoop, and then he was right there. Y'all know the device I'm talking about, okay? How Loki, however, he used some of his illusion tricks and made him think that he was surrounded by some gangsters. Loki revealed himself and makes him uh, throw that teleporting thing so he can't use that anymore. And then he traps him with his shadows on the wall. It's a cool little trick. I like it. It was real, real cool, real cool. Now we cut to the opening credits. Back at the TVA, Hunter B-15 and another Hunter are bringing X-5 back to the TVA so they can lock him up. And B-15 is asking if he found Sylvie. 
he isn't telling them the truth yet. You know, he he kind of keeping it to himself. He got it locked down, lock and key. So they end up throwing him in holding. Now, I thought they were going to put him in one of those like horrible memory things, like one of those memory loops that they put Loki in during season one when they caught him and Sylvie finally. Like they had put him in one of those things where uh, Sif from the Thor movies comes out and she keeps kicking him in the nuts. And then she say, you could be alone forever. And then she walk off and then she come right back and she kick him in the nuts. And then she say, you could be alone forever. And then she walk off and then she come back. Y'all get the point. They throw him in, and B-15 is confident that he'll talk after being in captivity for so long. But remember, he's a TVA agent, so he already knows all the tricks. He knows exactly how this day is going to go. They finally look at his temp pad, and baby, it's souped up, okay? It's, it's, it's Homelander on steroids. B-15 tells them to go have OB check it out, so they, you know, they go down there. He's working on preventing uh, a temporal meltdown so he doesn't have time to like get into the dumb shit with them. So he gives Loki and Mobius a manual since he's the one that created the temp pad and tells them to like go attempt and kind of figure it out. Meanwhile, B-15 goes to see Casey to see if he's gotten a hit on uh, Ravana Renslayer's temp pad. Ravana still hasn't made an appearance this season and I don't, I don't like that, okay? Kang ain't made an appearance, I don't like that, okay? But whatever. But this is important, okay? He says that, no, we haven't gotten a hit on it. But it's even harder because Miss Minutes is down. Child, ain't shit wrong with Miss Minutes, okay? She just works for the real man in charge, a.k.a. Kang, a.k.a. he who remains, okay? But this means that everything is, like, manual for them. So they can't just, like, have Miss Minutes, oh, baby, can you do this? Sure thing, sugar. No, they can't do none of that. They got to do everything manual. He was, however, able to see that Ravana like, erased all of her contents from her temp pad, but he can see who the last person that sent the message to her was. Mm-hmm, now this is important, okay? Loki and Mobius are working on the souped-up temp pad, and B-15 and Casey come walking in, walking up on them, and that's when Casey tells them that Miss Minutes is helping Judge Renslayer, okay? This jogs Loki's memory. Remember back to episode one, okay? Remember. Last episode was when Loki was in the past, he was in the future, he was in the present, he was everywhere. But that's when he heard that conversation, like, on that stereo on the wall between He Who Remains and Judge Renslayer, or Kang, or Chad, whoever, okay? And he knows that they're working together. So now it's clear. Renslayer, Miss Minutes, and Kang are all in cahoots. See, now, we kind of knew that, but they didn't know that, okay? So now they realizing. They seen that everybody, all the girls, ain't shit, okay? They all in cahoots. Casey notices the temp pad that they're working on and tells him that it doesn't block his location like X5 said. He memorized OB's manual, so he said he's going to try to figure out what it's doing. So while Casey is doing that, Mobius, B-15, and Loki all agree to go take a run at Brad Wolf, a.k.a. X5. They're trying to see where Silver really is because they know that man know. They go in there, and X5 is not going down without a fight, okay? He got a smart-ass mouth, baby, and he knows exactly what to say to get up under their skins. I just knew B5 was going to stone-cold Steve Austin his ass at some point, at least, or Mobius was going to do a moon prism power like Sailor Moon because he a little, you know, he, he kind of, anyway. But, uh, or Loki was going to, you know, use them skinny legs and put him in a headlock or like something, but nah, none of that happened. The best we got was a soap opera smack from Mobius, okay? You know, I'm a fan of Young and the Wrestlers, so I don't mind, okay? I used to watch Erica Kane over there on uh, uh, All My Children, so I know about them soap opera slaps. 
This scene, though, sets up later in the episode when Loki comes and acts like a villain in order to get Sylvie's location out of him because he keeps telling him that he's no good at being a good guy. You're no good at this hero shit, and no one believes it, but you are good at being a villain, so just stick to doing that. That's what he keeps telling him, and he got his wish, okay? After Mobius loses his shit, and then they leave to go cool off, Mobius and Loki wind up in that room where there's, like, all the slices of pies, and they just... They sit down, and... They have themselves some pie. Okay, now look, this is my same criticism all over again. This scene is too slow. It's too much dead air, too much empty space. I, I I hate that about this show, but I do love that we get some references from the first Avengers movie because, you know, as MCU fans, we love to remember back like, oh, I know what he's talking about. I like that kind of, yeah. We get those references to first Avengers movie, which I'll probably watch, you know, today at some point because why not? He talks about going down to Earth and when he was uh, mad at Papa and brother, you know, Thor and Odin, and trying to use the Mind Stone on Tony Stark, which we remember it didn't work. So he threw Tony Stark off a building, like, you know, just some crazy shit. And how he had an alien army, you know, he had uh, 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 the Dark Order with him, you know, all this kind of stuff. All of the things. Uh, we also get some Mobius kind of character development in the scene, too. Loki asks him why he doesn't want to know what his life was like on the Sacred Timeline. But Mobius, the way it seems, he just genuinely doesn't want to know. He loves his life in the TVA so much and wants to thank whoever pulled him from his life on the sacred timeline. He talked about how good X5 is at his job. So they know that he found Sylvie. They just, they, they know it. They're like, you too good at your job not to have found her. But their theory is that he wanted to live his best life. Mobius said best life. That man crazy as fuck. Now, where did kind of a uh, new school, newfangled talking come from? But he said that he wanted to live his best life on the timeline instead of turning her in and getting right back to his life as a TVA agent. Cut over to OB. He's fixed whatever he's been working on, the time loan or whatever it was. And he's trying to get into the system, but he can't get in. He can't override it or he can't do anything like that. Then it all kind of shuts down and it gives him the message that he has an, quote unquote, invalid temporal aura. If it ain't Miss Minutes or Kang, it, can't, it ain't happening, okay? They can't get into it. Cut back to X5 cell. Loki comes back in and tells him that he needs another crack at him since he's such a good villain. That's when Mobius wheels in this big ass machine and they go like, I don't know, they pull it in and uh, X5, he isn't so convinced so far. He's like, y'all, y'all too goody two shoes. Y'all ain't gonna do shit. B5 ain't here. No, nah, that's the one that will torture me if I need to be tortured. I don't believe it. Loki acts like he's left the controller in the other room. And so when he, when Mobius leaves, Loki actually locks the cell behind him. He has the controller in his pocket the whole time. He was acting for all along. And you can hear Mobius outside of the cell freaking out, making it out to seem like he's going off script and that he's actually about to torture him now that Mobius isn't around. Loki said they're going to, you know, do a little Q&A. They're going to do a little Q&A section, okay? The only question that he has is, did you find Sylvie and where is she? Now X5 is starting to panic. He got him scared, shook, panicking. So Loki now is just pressing buttons and scaring the hell out of X5. After many buttons are pressed, he captures X5 in like a 3D cube and it just keeps getting like smaller and smaller and smaller, obviously going to crush him if he gets any smaller. X5 is still trying to make Loki believe that he didn't find her, but Loki ain't buying the shit, okay? X5 is a highly decorated hunter who, like, has technically abandoned his post when he went down to the stars in that movie, Zaniac, and all that dumb shit, okay? Uh, 
Loki knows that all it had to have been for a reason. So he not he not stupid in that. Finally, after the cube gets so small that it literally would crush him if he got any smaller, he confesses that he knows exactly where she is. Before we get there, though, we see Hunter B-15 bringing Casey to OB, but OB is in there screaming, we all gonna die! Casey fans out for a second because he's actually meeting, like, his hero. B-15 breaks that shit right up. I know that's right, niece, okay? But when OB tells them everything, B-15 realizes that without He Who Remains Aura, ain't no way they getting in there. And without Miss Minutes, they can't even override it. The more the branches glow, grow, the closer they get to like a temporal loom meltdown. OB says that he can build a device to like stop all this, but it won't matter unless they can actually get in. So I guess he's kind of lightweight tasking them with that. I don't know. Now, cut back to Loki and Mobius and now X5. They've arrived in the location from the post credit scene from last episode, season two, episode one, which is Broxton Oklahoma in 1982 and it's a branch timeline of course X-15 is acting all jumpy and uh, scared shit panicking of course but Loki is ignoring all and he walks right in to see if Sylvie is actually there child he goes in and Sylvie is living her best life behind that McDonald's cash register okay probably getting access to all the free nuggets she want fresh fries you know she look I told y'all the other episode she probably knows the trick where you just get them without the salt on them and then you salt them exactly how you want them salted so that they fresh every time that's how you do it okay I know that's right Sylvie it's the 1980s so I don't think it's a I think that predates the McFlurry but I don't know they probably fucked up there but your child Moby's got him an apple pie so she can get her some dessert every time she wants to, too. Anyway, Loki asked to talk to her, and she says that her break is in five minutes, so they go outside. But remember, Sylvie don't fuck with Loki like that anymore. She don't trust him since he didn't want to kill He Who Remains at the end of season one. He tries to explain basically episode one to her, tell, you know, telling her all of the stuff. And then he tells her that when he was in the future, because remember, he was jumping all over the past, the present, and the future. He saw her, and she was like coming out of that, elevator and he needs to know why she was there because remember she was coming out the elevator loki was shocked but then loki got pruned by somebody from behind probably himself i'm guessing that all this is one big circle and loki probably was the one pruning his damn self to make sure that he got back and everything happened the way it was supposed to i don't know but sylvie doesn't buy any of this because remember she killed he who remains so the future isn't written like it used to be anymore child this just goes along with my theory that, okay, look, pay attention, okay? This goes along with my theory that everything is happening for a reason, and the reason is he who remains or Kang, whichever one is pulling the strings. See, I think that we, you know, I have a, a group chat. You know, my uh, two of my besties were in a group chat. We talk about Marvel all the time because, you know, we love it. We, our theory is that we think that everything happening is for a reason. Like, nothing has been without cause. So I think everything from Sylvie killing He Who Remains to Ant-Man killing Kang, because think about it. Why the fuck would Ant-Man be able to kill Kang? Everything is happening because it's supposed to happen. If y'all haven't seen Quantumania yet, Ant-Man and the Walls Quantumania, go watch that. It's important for y'all to be watching Loki Season 2. So all of that, I think, is supposed to happen so that either all the Kang variants can be, you know, released and we can get this multiversal war under, you know, under wraps and get it cracking and get it populating, you know, let's get it popping. Like Laura Pippen said, I don't know, we, we, something's going to happen, but they need all of them to get released, okay? 
she won't even enchant him to see what she he what he saw because she wants no parts of it. And honestly, same sis, me neither. We see Mobius on the inside eating his little heart out. Ch look, look, Mobius might be diabetic like me because his ass just ate that key lime pie in the other scene. Then he just ate a, a, a apple pie. He drinking a Sprite on top of that. Lord, be, be easy, big mo. Be easy, okay? I'm just saying, I don't want you to, you know, pass the fuck out. Like, anyway, X5, however, is still being panicked. You know, jittery, he scared, shook, panicking. But finally, Mobius realizes that X5 is being jittery for a reason. He drags him, I call him Brad, but he drives Brad, you know, X5 outside to tell them that if they stay, they're basically all going to die. So he knows General Dox's plan this entire time. Sylvie enchants him, and she sees that they're going and they're bombing every single branch, every single branch, kind of. Kind of similar to what she did last season when she was in that supermarket, okay? So, uh, gang recognized game, I guess. They send X5 back to the TVA where B-15 is freaking out because so many branch timelines are being bombed and pruned. Sylvie, Mobius, and Loki are headed to wherever General Doxy is, like wherever her little setup is and her people's. Her people are opening tons of time doors and just dropping bombs down to prune uh, the damn branches. Over 30% at this point of the branches have already been bombed. So now it's time to get the work, okay? It's time to get this work. We see some Loki time action and some green magic being thrown and some punches flying about, all this kind of stuff. And they ultimately capture the rogue TVA hunters and docks. But most of the timelines at this point have already been branched. So, child, they already bombed them and they, they didn't got the fuck up out of here, okay? It's just, it's just is what it is. B-15 is having like a whole existential crisis, okay? And even Sylvie is back in the TVA to see what's crack-lacking. This is when Casey realizes that they've gotten a hit on Renslayer's Tempad. See, all of this is too coincidental, okay? After all of these branch timelines have been pruned or bombed, whatever, now you get a hit on her Tempad? See, I'm telling y'all, Kang and Ravana and Miss Minish, they doing what they need to do. And nothing is a coincidence. It's all happening exactly the way it's supposed to. They want this multiversal water crack a lack. Okay, I get it. Sylvia's pissed, so she tells Loki how rotten and broken the TVA is, and she leaves. Now she said, I'm going home if it's still there. Now, girl, what if it ain't? What if what if it's not there? Okay, what you gonna do then? Luckily it's not because they show her she right back where she was on top of that Ford pickup truck listening to some country music. I know that's right, Sylvie. Sylvie getting her whole life together. That little boy come out the restaurant, the one that gave her the job from last episode who has a major crush on her. Child, they had him closing up. Not a 16-year-old closing up. Now, you know nowadays, there's mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I watch too much too true crime for that. I can't do it. No, you you got to have the adults close up, not the children, because them folk will run up there. Okay, let me stop. I don't want y'all, you know, if y'all got kids working in fast food, I don't want y'all to panic or nothing like that. But he uh asked if she'll be there tomorrow, and she says, yes, she will. Child, Sylvia ain't going nowhere. That's her life now. She don't give a damn about Loki and all that shit. Sylvie is like them, uh, the white people on the Titanic, okay? You remember the band was playing as, uh, as the ship was going down? I guess they wanted, you know, people to have a soundtrack to freezing to death in that cold-ass water. I don't know. I guess they wanted people to uh, have a... They wanted Jack to have a soundtrack, probably a stolen-ass song that Elvis took from somebody to, you know, when he was trying to push Rose off that damn boat. I don't know, but there you have it, okay? Whoo! That's the Loki episode in my throat. 
is dry. But before I leave, I want to ask y'all, are y'all watching Gen V? Y'all know we talked about it last week. It's uh on it's the boys spinoff that's on Amazon Prime. I'm really loving this show. Episode four was another fantastic one. And it like picked up right where episode three left off where uh, Cricket, little Cricket uh, was all running up through that man's ears, tore his brains up and all that kind of stuff and then jumped out. And then her and old boy, uh, Golden Boy's brother, they escape and they trying to find them the whole episode and all this kind of stuff. It's a, a whole mess. Our main girl, Marie Monroe, not to be confused. <laughs> Not me doing her every time. Marie Moreau, not to be confused with Marie Monroe from Bell Collective, okay, aka George Washington, okay, y'all. I'm I'm really really enjoying this show. We finally in this episode got one of the characters that like if you read the boys comics, which I do. I I I've told y'all before. I like the shows and stuff better than the comics. Comics are cool. They're not bad, but they do have some really really good characters in the comics that are like fucking hilarious to see in live action. And one of the ones that we got this episode was a guy named Tech Knight. Now, look, he really, people kind of liken him to, uh, you, you know, the boys is basically like a spoof of all the other comic book stuff. So, like, if you ever recognize a character that, you know, seems way too familiar, it's on purpose. Like, Lil Cricket, that's Ant-Man, okay? Like, y'all know, y'all recognizing that, especially after she ate all that damn spaghetti and got real big in this last episode. Y'all know what it is, okay? Um, he was basically like, I don't know if you want to call him Iron Man or Batman, but they do share one of the same two millionaires that ain't got no damn powers, but can afford a big suit. It looks like they retconned him a little bit for this show, but I think everything they did actually was kind of perfect because he was like this guy who could just like look at you and he can tell if you're lying and he can make you tell the truth and all this kind of, it was, it was real good. He was doing these like expose interviews at the school. Cause he used to go to, uh, God, you. So he was, uh, coming in and like, Oh yeah, well, you know, well, let's see what really happened. And he got the truth out of, Mar uh, Marie Monroe. I'm gonna just call him Marie Monroe. Okay. Cause George Washington, I'm gonna just call it that y'all will be okay. But he got everything out of our main character, and it's a mess. But he came, he wreaked havoc. But what's really crazy is one of his like weaknesses, I don't know what it is. I think he had, oh, if I'm remembering this right, I think he had some kind of tumor. Yeah, he had some kind of tumor in the comics. And I think they did this in the episode too, where they gave him some kind of like tumor. And that's why he like goes around. He would just like, if y'all kids in the room, just cover their ears for a second. He would like just go around and stick his dick in anything. <laughs> like, that's why at the end of the episode, he was fucking that hand dryer. <laughs> so stupid. He was fucking that hand dryer in the uh, the men's bathroom. Now, if y'all remember, I, I don't know if y'all, you know, y'all probably don't watch The Boys like that. You probably watch, you know, watch one episode and then going on because it's a hilarious show, but they've referenced him a couple of times on The Boys. And I remember one of those support groups, one of the women was like, uh, I just wish he would have been a little more gentle when she was talking about Tech Knight, like saving her. And basically that's what they're talking about because, you know, all the heroes on The Boys are just just awful and it's kind of a delight to see but really the main thing in this episode which we gotta uh see what's crack lacking on episode five which if you're listening to this it's out now so go watch it um there was like some memory stuff happening with the cast like they couldn't remember what was happening at different times and i think it's because they went to that doctor's house and I, he must have did something to them while they weren't looking or whatever but 
child, Marie Monroe, woke up in bed with uh 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 oh boy, what's oh my character? I love that character. There's the um the gender fluid character. God damn, what's her name? Um, y'all know who I'm talking about though. But uh, she like was in bed with her, but she was kissing the boy earlier. Like it was kind of a mess. But hey, I love it. Um, let's. I might do a whole Gen V episode if I can find somebody to talk about it with, but I just kind of like gabbing about it, uh, on these Marvel low key episodes. But, uh, yeah, if y'all want me to jump more into the, you know, into Gen V, then y'all got to let me know. Cause I got to prepare. I got to plan all that shit. I can do it sometime during the week, but I don't mind doing a breakdown. That's fun. It's a great show anyway, but y'all, I'm tired. I gave all I can give my throat been toe up all week, but I love y'all. And I know y'all love me. I love y'all pumpkin pies. But I'm going to get on out of here. Whoo, if you got any, uh, you know, comments about either Loki or I want, I kind of want to know what y'all are thinking about Loki so far. Because I know some people that I've talked to, they're saying it's confusing as hell. They don't know what's going on. Other people are, you know, they just love to have Moki, Loki back. And they, oh, I said Moki. I, that was, see, that was a Freudian slip. Moki, because that's Mobius and Loki together. You know, they be uh, kind of standing them online. So, Y'all let me know whether it's a five-star rating and review on Apple. Leave me, let me know in the comments what you think. Go to comment on a random post on Instagram. Go to Spotify, do the Q&A, either one. You can leave me a five-star rating and review there too, okay? Mwah! Love y'all. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.